So, and we talked about in your podcast episode that you wrote the financial playbook. And I really wanted to share with our listeners what that strategy is, because I've been using it myself personally. You know, I've cleared a credit card. I'm hoping to pay off my car finance. So it definitely works. So talk us through the book and the steps. So we kind of call it the couch to 5K for money because you start small and it's not meant to be overwhelming and anyone can do it so we decided there was something missing in the world when it came to managing your money it's overwhelming you know you can go online people like martin lewis are amazing but there's there's no one telling you what to do in what order and so we decided to build the financial playbook and there's three stages survive build and grow and um we start off with survive where you know your numbers so starting with a budget and the b word can intimidate lots of people um, and people see it as restrictive you know it's i, I don't want a budget because it, it I'm means gonna i have, have to, to be frugal things. and i can't live yeah. my life and i can't go out for dinner and yeah. i've got a birthday party coming up and, yeah. and i won't be able to do that if yeah. i have a budget but if you don't know your numbers how are you going to improve and and how do you know you're going to make progress? So knowing your numbers, knowing what's coming in and what's going out and, and a few different things can come out. You know, it could be fixed expenses like your rent or your mortgage or your council tax and sinking funds, which we say sinking funds change lives. So a way in the budget that you can put money away for future expenses. So not savings, but, you know, the car insurance or Christmas is the same time every year. Travel, these things are going to happen. So starting to put them in your budget is a really good way of um, being in control. And then flexible expenses, so um, groceries, eating out, coffees, uh, beauty, uh, whatever could be flex, it could flex during the month, go there. So when you've got what's coming in and then what's going out, what's left of your is your excess. And in the playbook, we use the excess to uh, work towards goals. So once you know your numbers, um, the next bit of survive is pulling together a small emergency fund. This is not gonna be a big amount of money. This is gonna be 500 pounds, 1,000 pounds, something that firstly, teaches you how to use the budget so there's going to be something left because if there's nothing left you're not going to go anywhere (laughs) you need something left and if there's a negative in that it means that you're probably using credit so using your excess to go towards your goals the first goal is saving up a mini emergency fund that's going to teach you how to save you're going to feel better you're going to walk a little taller you're going to know that if anything happens you've got a little bit of money for a lot of people that's the first chunk of savings they ever have it's a really big moment for people and um, next, once we've got our mini emergency fund, we use our excess to pay down our debts. So we don't say that debts are evil, but they definitely steal from your income. You know, when you see a lot of credit card outgoings, finance outgoings, it's just annoying to see that money goes to someone else. And half the time, we don't know what we used it for. So by paying down debt, you have more money yeah. to do things with. Yeah. Um, and that survives. So once you get out of that really intense intense phase... You've learned to budget. Yeah. You've got a bit of money in your back pocket under the bed for whenever you need it. And you're debt free, consumer debt free. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how that makes people feel. Yeah. They just they just feel so much better, so much more confident, don't they? Yeah, like, oh, oh, this is what you're supposed to do. And a lot of people, we use a lot of customer language in our marketing. And when we do customer interviews, people say, I've created a budget I can finally stick to. Yeah. Because I think before people have gone super restrictive. A bit yeah. like healthy eating. Yeah. We're all guilty of it. I'm going on holiday in two weeks time. Like I'm not going to be any Shake carbs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we've all been there. You have these aspirations. It's when you've suddenly got that little bit of like motivation and you, you're going to go all in. And it's really good that you've got that motivation, but you're likely not going to be able to stick to it because it's yeah. too like frugal like we're not into frugality we want people to live and enjoy their lives and I think we've just created this methodology and system and 
a, a budget, like I said, that people feel that they can finally stick to. So when you've done Survive, you move on to Build, which is kind of, you've graduated from the yeah. first phase. And um, you should have a really good excess now, because if you think about it, you should have probably been a bit better with your spending. So you might cut a little bit um, if you've been overspending and you'll have no debt payments. Yeah. So you should have a bigger excess. You now can build a big emergency fund, a proper one. You know, we should have three to six months expenses in our bank account. It's like a burn rate for a business, right, isn't it? Where we 100%. say you need six months running costs. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and, and it's so that if you you lost your job, you got poorly, the roof caved in, yeah. you didn't have the right insurance, whatever it was, I, I can't tell you what it feels like to have that in your bank account. I, I mean, I've forgotten I've got it now because I'm so used to it. But I, it, it just makes you feel you can take on the world because, yeah. you know, we'll talk about financial wellness in a minute. But if you feel better about your finances, it's one less thing to think about. Whereas if if you're worried about it, it can be very stressful. So so you build a really good emergency fund. You build a house deposit. So if it's yeah. time to get into property or, or time to upgrade your property, yeah. that's the time to do it because you've got emergency savings and you've got no debt and you look into the future. And you're also building your life goals. So once, you know, it's really hard to do everything at once. I'm saving for a dream holiday. I'm saving for an extension. I'm saving for braces. Uh, but I'm also <laughs> paying down debts and I'm also looking after emergencies. It's really overwhelming. So we kind of say, do, do the survival bit qu- as quickly as you yeah. can. Then build up these like stable foundations and start to build into your budget when I go to the Maldives. Like yeah. that's not something that you don't that you can't do you can do it but you save for it and then once you've got to that point where you have a really good emergency fund you've got the house that you kind of want and you're incorporating these goals into your budget we move on to grow Mm -hmm. and grow is where everyone needs to move to everyone needs to work towards grow grow is growing your money and a lot of people try and do that whilst they've got debt and whilst they've got you know not control of their budget and it's really hard to do and actually they don't see success because you need to put a lot of money in to get a lot of money out. It's yeah. not a get rich quick. Mm-hmm. So when you're in grow, you can invest in the market, which would either be in your pension or in ISAs or in investment accounts. You could invest in property, you know, start yeah. building up money for an investment property when you've sorted your own out. You know, yeah. don't rush to do that. Don't try and do it too quickly. Um, you could invest, um, you could grow by starting a business. And we're not saying you can't do it earlier on, but that's a much better space to be in when you have an emergency fund and everything's settled at home. You might be more prepared to leave a job that you don't really like yeah. when you're in that space. And then we say and invest in what you like so some of the investments that we have we were angel investors we invest in crowdfunding a little bit we you know it might be cryptocurrency for some people it's not for us but there's just the freedom to grow your money and there's less risk because you've done all the other steps so survive build and grow everyone starts at the beginning no matter what your income no matter what your if you're in a couple if you're on your own whatever you all start there and you work your way to grow two things that resonated with me was when you see your monthly bills being debts, like mm-hmm. actually that is so depressing. Um, and actually, if you could pay that off, what extra money that gives towards, you know, I don't know a mortgage is debt, but you know, something that is a lot more worthwhile and yeah. you actually see something from. And the other thing that you said that I absolutely loved was you said to my team, um, are you investors? They all said no. And you said, do you have a pension? They all said yes. And we're like, we're an investor, right? <laughs> so if you go into the app, is there a spreadsheet there? Like, where do you record everything? So it's a budgeting tool, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we've got, um, first of all, people can access it for 30 days for free. Yeah. And if they want to take it on, right. which we find a lot of people yeah. do, um, it's 2 99 for the month yeah. or it's 23 99 for the year. So it's yeah. super accessible. But yeah, our like secret source is the budget. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like 
we've talked about the playbooks in there too. So you've yeah. got the kind of, we see a lot of people say like the scroll and they read it on the couch yeah. and they read it with the partner, they do it in a couple. They really get their mindset sorted and yeah. then they go on to do the budget and then it's just, it's life-changing for them. So the biggest thing that control. people say when they use the app is you help me take back control of my money. Yeah. And what you're in control of, you move and everyone yeah. wants more money. Like yeah. money does help us achieve things. It helps us feel safe. It helps us have fun. You know, it's, if we're not in control of it, how do we like what do you think you just wake up and like accidentally drop a load yeah, in it's, yeah. it's not an accident it's a very intentional thing just like fitness and I love when you use the fitness example Holly because not many people would walk into a gym and squat 100k yeah yeah like you're just yeah. not going to be able to do yeah. that and in fact you'd so when when people are trying to invest yeah. and they're trying to grow money and they're trying to get more but they're ridden not in got debt. the basics yeah. in, in yeah. place you, like you're gonna fail and you're gonna well, you're hurt not making any movement because if you're paying if you're paying money to your investments but you're also paying money to your yeah. debt like you, you, you're not making any gains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not making any gains. Yeah. So I guess one thing that you really encourage is investing that time to get this all set up and to do all the steps. And then another thing that I've heard you talk about is like a payday routine as mm -hmm. well. Can you tell us about that? So again, like Holly said, it's habits, this. And this is what the finance industry don't do very well. Um, they're, they're great at trying to sell you products and maybe tell you you're spending too much in Costa, but they don't tell you how to have this routine. And so um, we, we recommend a payday routine where, and we talk about like, uh, money date nights if there's two of you even if you don't combine your money physically yeah. if you're in a couple talking about it together and helping each other really helps you just like a health, health and fitness journey stay on track so having a routine with your payday doing the budget before payday knowing what's going to be coming in and deciding where every penny goes is the best chance of winning you yeah. know if you don't have a payday routine You'll just never be intentional. Yeah. You know, you've got to tell this money. You go there, you go there, you go there. And if, just like in, in a business, like we allocate our time, you've got to allocate your money. It's not going to do it by accident. Yeah. And, and you can automate lots of the routine. What about things like, um, you've talked about digital banks and putting like digital pots. And I think I'm like you, I used to do envelopes when cash was a lot more like available and you'd yeah. have more cash, I used to do envelopes. Like this is for petrol, this is for hair. You know, so you've talked about like Monzo, Starlin, I think there's Chase now. How does that work? So say you're with a, a what we call a high street bank, like Halifax or a Lloyd, how do you integrate these digital pots with like a Monzo or Starlin? So I guess the first thing to note is these are proper banks and you can just use them. Yeah. And it took me a while to finally leave my traditional bank and go full with uh, I think I'm Starling and yeah. lots of our users are Starling it's like a one, safety so. blanket a lot of people have like yeah. I need I need an institutional one yeah. I've always been with yeah. Barclays I've been nationwide um, so firstly what you could do is um, keep your bills coming out of your regular account yeah. open up one of these digital banks that have pots yeah. and um, move your flexible and sinking fund money over. Now, if you use the app and you do the budget, it totals it for you. So yeah. um, I use my app and go, right, okay, I need to move this thousand pound over to uh, Starling, whereas now I actually get paid into Starling and yeah. I just, I ditched it completely. But a good first step is look at opening one of these digital bank accounts and look at your sinking fund categories because you can name them yeah. and look at your flexible expenses and create a pot for each one of those. And, and this is really good for um, when you're busy, when you're on the go. If you, you don't want to have to track your expenses because not everyone, some people love it in the app. They track every penny. Some people don't. They want to plan it and then they want to set it off That's free. me. I'm lazy. Yeah. yeah. So um, if you have a £500 grocery budget, you put £500 into the groceries pot and then when that pot's gone, it's gone. So yeah. it teaches you to go, okay, I'm in Sainsbury's now. Um, I'm about to send 50 quid. I'll move that to the main bit. Yeah. And you just get used to it. And yeah. so setting up that is a really good way of 
dividing all your money up into the envelopes, but yeah. Di- digitally. Yeah, yeah. And um, what the other thing that you've talked about is high interest accounts. So if you've got any form of savings, um, you've named a couple. I think you do a monthly report, do you, on the best high interest route? For the UK ones, we do, yeah, and and that changes. So, like bank switches, where there's rewards and high interest. At the moment, interest rates are a pain for those of us that have mortgages or that want a mortgage or that are um, uh, with debts, because that can flip to a variable. So, interest rates are bad, but they're also good. So, they're good when you have savings. And the amount of people, and I was one of them even earlier this year, with money sat in account making nothing. Yeah. Because I think for so long we've been used to rubbish interest rates. Yeah. So the the switches I made using the blog, which is in the app, and you can favorite it. So I favorited yeah. it, so I can just find it easily. Yeah. Um, I think I make maybe five hundred pounds across the year. Wow! Just on a couple of small, wow. smaller That's savings hard. accounts, yeah. which has been unheard yeah. of for a few years now. Yeah, hasn't you it? just yeah. made nothing. I mean, I, and as I move more into them and get better at it, I could probably be making yeah. more. Um, so this is again coming back to. It don't expect things for free yeah. in terms of effort you have yeah. to put effort in it's like inaction isn't it all the time like yeah. I, I like i've still not done it so laura's talked about how much money she's making, making money her and her mind sat wasting away arguably going backwards yeah um, so yeah. it's that it's that inaction procrastination but also only tackling that when you've done all the other stuff like yeah. loads of people will come to us and they'll be riddled with like consumer debt and don't know where their money's going and they're like so i really need a high interest rate and i'm like why are you even thinking about that? Like, yeah. have, of all that have you got all your other shits well, on? Yeah. How much are we talking? Like, you know, 500 quid in savings, you should be putting in a high interest rate, but it's not going to change your life. Yeah. If you've got 50 grand in savings, it's going to, you know. Yeah. Why um, don't you focus on paying off the debt first? But yeah. another thing we talk about, actually, there's a big thing on TikTok that we do is a money minute. Yeah. So um, because finance is overwhelming, mm-hmm. you know, your budget should come with, like, your own little budget meeting. So some people say on a Sunday morning, they spread out all the, they get, they get the, the app out, they get the paperwork yeah. out, and they do the budget. And that's a really good time to dedicate an hour. And I think you give your team time yeah, to yeah. Do, do take the, is it Money Mondays or yeah, some yeah, time? Yeah, yeah. Um, but some things, life admin, get grows in a list oh, and sometimes it? we just I think but I think we then up overthink it because there's so much of it yeah, so, so a money true. minute is something we say take 60 seconds every day to do something to do with your finances yeah. and you know sometimes maybe searching for a high interest rate account might take you longer than a minute I mean yeah. reading the blog one it'll take you a minute yeah. a minute but five minutes go sort that thing out once you've done it that interest rate isn't changing for a long time just Keep leave it, it. you've yeah. done it it might be checking the bank account because sometimes people spot money taken out that wasn't meant to be taken out yeah. or an overdrawn charge that you just weren't quite on the ball oh yeah yeah just take a money minute 60 seconds because some people for a long time come to us and they've been scared at looking at the bank account yeah so actually just looking at your bank account is a big step yeah yeah i think you said that because you said if you just take that minute like you by you not looking at mm-hmm. it which we're all guilty of yeah like it, it doesn't change anything. Like, it's almost like feel the fear, and which you, you yeah. said in the podcast, feel the fear and do it anyway. And the other thing, you know, for anyone that is looking, that's scared to look at their bank account, it's just numbers. Yeah. So whether you look or whether you don't, it's the same. same. And actually sometimes the dread of putting it off and putting it off and putting it off, you then might see a number you don't like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, no one else is judging you. It's just you. It's just you looking at it. Yeah. And like, Getting excited about looking at your bank account is what we want to get yeah. people to a point, and you will get to a point where I've seen it before. Like people say, imagine if you didn't realise it was payday. He's on car finance because I think that would be helpful to people. So car finance has just been normalised yeah. by the car industry massively, and you know cars are expensive and money is tight, so it's really hard to not 
think it's a good idea. To, to, yeah. it's, it's really hard to argue against it because it's so normal. Everyone has a car payment. Like, what's yours? What's mine? We're like, everyone talks about it. And and what a lot of people don't know is the finance companies, the car finance companies make more money off the finance than they do the car. Yeah. So if you think about it, it's two separate things. You're buying a car and there should be a margin in that to product. So yeah. there'll be a margin. And the margin's has been really tight. I mean, it's cars are going up in value at the moment because of COVID and lots of other things. So it's a, it's a bit of a funny space, but they're very expensive. They make more money from the finance deal. Right. So they make a little bit of money on the car. So let's say in a 20 grand car, they might make two grand, okay? Yeah. So it's, it's not a high profit. Um, but on the finance deal, they might make five. Right. So they double up, so they make mm. money twice. And and it's really hard for us to think, I'm, I've not got a lot of money in my bank account. I've, I've got to pay all my bills, cost of living crisis, and you guys are saying I should buy a car. Mm. It's not easy. But to, to, to think that you would have a car payment forever, I mean, I think we've done the, the, the math and it's like yeah. 300 grand to 600 grand by the time, if that was invested in the market, yeah. that, that 400 pound a month, that 200 pound a month, that 300 pound a month, we've got it in the playbook. There's calculations about if you didn't have it, yeah. so if you saved up once, bought the car once, and then also put a little bit of money aside to maintain look it, it, look yeah. after it. Um, actually, you then grow your excess by that amount. And it's like this slave to car financing. I always say to people, are you going to have one forever? Mm-hmm. Or is is there a plan to stop it? Because what happens is, like your phones, it's upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. You know, mm-hmm. then you go to the next one, the next one, and then suddenly you come to buy a house and, and they go, oh, well, what, your payments are quite high and everything else. Like, yeah. how are you going to afford it? So we really try and tell people, if you can avoid car finance, mm-hmm. do it because um, it it teaches you to buy a cheaper car. You know, people yeah. finance a much more expensive car than they um, they want. And I have a nice car. Like, I'm not trying to say, go get a beater and you shouldn't have a nice car. But at the same time, if you said, would you sell it tomorrow? I'd be like, absolutely. Yeah. Because... I, I'm not attached to it and I own every bit of it. Like it's, yeah. it's all mine. So it's a very controversial topic. We like to say, don't do it. And, do and it. you would say um, the optimum time to buy a car is when it's three to six years old. Is that right? Yeah. So there's like depreciation calculators. And yeah. in fact, I've seen that you can do it by car as well. So if you've got a particular car in mind, yeah. there's like a depreciation graph. So you should be able to see like you drive out the forecourt, it loses 10% of its value yeah. immediately. Traditionally, like I would say at the moment, cars are funny because there's a supply and demand issue. Yeah, yeah. And so they're, they're a bit expensive. So not all of them lose money. Um, but if you can buy a car between three to six years old, not only is it less likely to have issues, um, it also, it won't drop as much. It'll just drop a lot more slowly. And you know, what the people, what the things people say to us, oh, like my car is costing me a fortune. Like I need a finance car. Finance cars break down and they're not all covered under warranty. Yeah. And actually they make money in the warranty as well, by the way. And um, the, there's there's lots of scare stories that yeah. I used to think having a fa- brand new car meant financial security. I did meant that it's safe and it's reliable and like it's much better than that old one because that's going to have stuff wrong with yeah. it. And we say, oh, it's going to have stuff wrong with it. Like prepare for that. Yeah. You know, I, we did six tires one Christmas out across two cars, yeah. um, but the money was there. You do that in a new car anyway, absolutely. right? Like hundred percent. Well, I de- honestly, girls, like I say, my mini is about to come up for renewal, ah. and I de- well, I've decided I'm going to just pay it off and keep it because I don't actually travel that far yeah. now I'm not a car person like if you were going to tell I love my mini I've had a mini forever um if you were going to I mean I get into quite a lot of scrapes with it as well but if you were going to say <laughs> where would you rather spend it and it was when you said to me like that whole thing of debt like I and I'm like I'm not into cars so why do I want to you I'm know it's, yeah finance. I want a really really nice house so I'm yes. okay with the interest on that but so um, and that's going up in value capital yes, wise across whereas the cars depreciate yeah and you can't live yeah. in your car Laura's always like okay 
some people that come to us, they pay more on their car across two car finances than their mortgage is yeah. worth. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah, that's, that's really common. Yeah. If you think about it, that what two uh, decent cars. Like if you think, yeah, yeah. If you think if you go through your twenties and then your thirties and and every three four years you upgrade, you upgrade your car, you get to a point where like that's four to five hundred pound per person just go in yeah. to a car that you actually don't own because it's financed. Yeah. Um, you know, and then people say to us, well, how do I get out of it? And we say, look, um, save up to try and see if there's a balloon payment. Yeah. Like, look at that. And some people create a sinking fund yeah, for that yeah. and go, when my car's up for renewal, I'm just going to buy it. Yeah. Um, or pick, hand it back and, and yeah. think about the car that you want and start saving for that. And the other thing is, save for the car that you don't quite want, but it'll do. Yeah. And in the background, you know, keep the, the sinking fund method and the budgeting method allows you to save for things in the future. Yeah. So, just put a bit of thought. Don't get to renewal day and go, shall I get a... What do I do? Yeah. Do I get a credit one now? card? Do I get yeah. yeah. Or just go yeah. and pick a new one on the phone call, which is the easy yeah. thing to do. Yeah. And, and if you want that thing. like sexy car, save for it. Yeah. You know, you don't get it for free. Like it's hard work. So save for that nice car and work towards it. Let it be your aspirational goal. And sometimes, like you said, when you get there and you go... I'm really going to drop 25 grand on this car yeah, or yeah. shall you I buy a house? Say, <laughs> would you ever yeah. buy, like look at the value of the car. So yes, yeah. 300 pound a month payment seems really affordable to some people. But then look at the value of the car. Like, would you pay 50 grand for that car? Yeah. Would you? Yeah. Yeah. You'd no, be like, yeah. I'm not paying 50 yeah, grand for a car. True. It's the same thing. It's almost like you don't actually know what your car ever costs. It's no. like, it's 400 pound a month. But I actually don't know what, what was the value of that car. Yeah, exactly. That's a really good point. And in terms of pensions, you gave some scary figures, which I kind of probably sit in, in that um, particularly self-employed people and freelance um, neglect their pension. Massively. Hmm, I'll say no more. <laughs> um, but you really, really want to encourage everybody to be investing in their pension and taking advantage of that compound um, interest over time. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think there's a couple of things to think about with pension what's really hard is like FOMO and living for now and so many people have stories of people that like passed away before they reached pension age and you know want to enjoy yeah. my money now yeah, yeah. and and there's also this point where I think I shared on the last podcast that I opted out my pension at 22 because I thought I want my money now yeah and if I'd have known about compound interest that was the worst thing I could have done because the longer you invest for the better it grows that doesn't mean to say that it's too late and yeah. so there's a couple of things with pensions one learning to Delay gratification. So yeah. learning to say, I'm yeah. going to put that away for later. It's actually a really big personal development thing yeah. to, to do. Life, In any yeah. area of life. You know, I'm going to I'm going to do little and often. I'm going to put it away. Yeah. And it because it's not accessible. So it's really for self-employed people. For people that are employed, your employer takes it off you, puts it away for you, and you don't think about it. So it's yeah. done. The you life admin's done for you. That The pain's yeah. taken away. Pain's great. Whereas self-employed people, you know, we speak to like, you know, beauticians and hairdressers and they, they get the money so it's already hard enough to put away money for yeah. tax because you've got the money. It's really difficult to then put some away for pension when you've not when you don't feel like you've got a lot. It's really hard. So we say um, do it as a percentage base and copy it as if you were an employee. Yeah. So just copy like those percentages to start off with, even in, if you're struggling with money because you're starting to to get that going. Yeah. Um, and have a look and think about the type of life that you want in retirement and and look at what you put and there's calculators. You don't have to work it out yourself. Yeah. What's that going to pay you and and is that all right? Yeah. Because, you know, um, we're like you, like we're business owners. We still have to pay into a pension because this business could fail. Yeah. Like this could not work out. COVID could knock it, another COVID could knock it out. A tech boom, a big competitor, one of us get ill, like loads of things could happen. And imagine if that was just it, that we thought that's the pension. A lot of people think houses and a pension. Well, you just don't, you just don't know. So yeah. by, by 
planning for it, you're giving yourself the best chance of not only like a really good retirement because we're living a lot longer and we want to be able to do things in retirement, but also it's an asset. So people yeah. don't think of this. For people that have children, mm-hmm. um, it goes to them. Like you, it's an asset. It gets passed down. Yeah. So it doesn't get, it doesn't die with you. So it's not, it's not long lost cause. Yeah. So we just want people to firstly think of yourself as an investor if, you, if you've yeah. got a pension because it's a really important thing to think that you are doing things to grow. Yeah. And if you're self-employed, please do it. And and if you need a conversation in the family, so say if like one of you is self-employed and one of you is employed, your pe- the pension for the self-employed people could, person could be a bill. Treat yeah. it like a bill. You can set up a direct debit from your bank account today. It's not hard. It's not complicated. You don't have to overthink it. This isn't some really expensive process. You can put £50 a month from the family account into a pension today. Mm-hmm. And as we talked about with the team, the government put give you money yeah. back and then the growth happens. So there's it's free money that people are leaving on the table. Yeah. I use Pension B personally. There's loads of others out there, but I literally set up a direct debit and it goes to it every month. Yeah. And if you've got old pensions that are just stagnant and you've yeah. had a few jobs and you can, they'll go and find them for you. You get yeah. your own beekeeper. Like they've made it super simple. So gone are the days where you get like papers and papers sent through the post and we don't know what it means. You yeah. don't know where your money's going. Yeah. You don't know what it's invested in. These startup brands you can find loads online have made it super simple. And that's not another money task. Just put it on a list yeah. and take a minute you know, I bet most people's banking apps have access to a pension. Mm-hmm. It's and just a bank account. Yeah. It's an investment account that's got a tax wrapper around it. And so you could open one up in minutes. And I think because we overthink it, yeah. it just doesn't get done. Yeah. Whereas actually, just fucking do it. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It really isn't as hard as you think. And if you think it's hard, like, come on the app, come speak to us. Yeah. Ask someone else in the group who's done it because it can be very empowering, especially for self-employed people, for women who have not really taken control of their money before, knowing that they're investing whilst doing all this hard work makes yeah. them feel better. And as we're growing, and if we do look at investing, let's say you're absolutely like on the money, you've sorted everything out. What are, I'm so someone just wants to do some fun investing. What would you say like three mega industries to invest in at the moment? Um, tech is volatile, yeah. but it really pays literal dividends and, and the returns that you get are massive. And so um, like the top five tech companies, if you think about it, like what do we use? We all use Amazon, we all use Apple, yeah. we all use Google. <laughs> Facebook is something we use WhatsApp yeah. every day. You know, the products sometimes invest, like if, if it's direct stock, which I don't invest in, like I never, yeah. I don't, I've not got the time to research and to pay attention to, but in terms of the high performing businesses, yeah. like tech is an obvious one, but it can be up one minute and down the next. Mm. And so um, the, investing in what you like is mm. another good thing. Mm. Um, so products that you use, you can go on, I'm not a massive fan of crowdfunding websites, but I have done a couple of investments in businesses that I like to support um, angel investors. So we're angel investors where you see a business and a founder that you think, actually, I want to back you and give you the capital to grow, but I also think you're going to make a return. And um, you can, if you get involved in the business world, you'll start hearing about people raising yeah. investment and stuff. And there's local, there's angel investment groups you can join yeah. and stuff. So yeah, investing in- High risk, isn't it? As long as you're things- happy to lose, oh, yes, lose yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, you, if you're an angel investor, you're expecting to lose yeah. it. So for things for growing, it's what are the tech products or the consumer products that you use all the time that you think that I'm going to keep using you and that you're not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. 
and investing in what you like or people that you like because yeah. it's a fun process. Yeah, and I use a robo advisor, so it, it picks it for me. So yeah. if you don't want to choose direct stock because that can be high risk, and you've got to have an idea of whether it mm-hmm. whether it's performed well, and it takes a lot of headspace of which I haven't got. Yeah. So for someone that's like short on time has got the money shit together in all the other areas that we've talked about, you can find robo advisors. I use Wealthify. I literally have a direct debit again set up every month, and they invest in the market for me. So they'll have analysts that are watching the market have years of experience that'll do it for you like you it's really not that complicated when you actually start thinking about it it opens up the world like it opens up the world for people and i think crypto bros have got a lot to answer for because they've kind of made it this like inaccessible you've got to you've got to join this forum and you've got to join this like whatsapp chat and and what they do is they invest in whole of market funds Mm -hmm. so what it means is they buy a little of every company in the stock market. So some companies will fail and some companies will do really well. And some companies like, a, I don't know, a BP or a Johnson & Johnson are just gonna trickle along and always do well. And they've shown that most people can't beat the market. If you just buy a bit of the market, which is what these funds do, it'll just go up. And honestly, like initially, you might see an ISA with a thousand pounds in it and it goes up 10 pounds, it goes down 10 pounds and you go, what am I doing? This is useless. When you then start looking at your pension and you start looking at your other investments, there was a month where, especially when we we weren't earning a lot of money when we first started the business, we weren't taking a salary. But my my net worth went up my investments went up more than my old salary was in a month. Wow. Just went up because it was compounding and it just went up. Now, yes, I can't access all of those because they're in pensions yeah. and yes, it went down a different yeah. month. It's like a long game, Seeing isn't it? those big it jumps definitely. is game-changing and that's what people talk about with compound interest and that makes money now when I sleep. Yeah. Like, the people at Amazon are working hard to make me rich. Like, yeah. That's kind of how I yeah. think about investing. So and this is like diversifying your portfolio, right, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned like angel investing in the market, direct property. stock, property. There's yeah. so many things, but... I think it's not sexy sometimes. Yeah. Like as much as there's so many podcasts, you'll see them on TikTok, talk, men talk about investments yeah. and like my, my, I put it on and it, I sold it the next day. It's gambling. Yeah. If, you, if you pick. Absolutely. Like yeah. Whereas yeah. if you can do these, lo- it's it's a long game. Yeah. So it takes the pressure off as well. Yeah. So it stops you going like, oh, I'm going to have to do it. And I'm really scared. Like so many women come to us terrified. We've got a good ebook in the app called um, Investing for Beginners. Like literally just oh, start right. there. Oh, I need to have a look at that. And your yeah. first yeah. thing that we're like is your pension. Sort yeah. that out first. And then that's a banker. Else will follow. Yeah. yeah. I think, again, we've mentioned Tony Robbins in the first podcast, but just something he always said and it's so simple everything comes up and down so if you are in it for the long game it you know even when things drop in a recession they will go back up typically and um one last question in terms of practicalities a lot of people that have rental properties obviously the rental market is not what you know we we would we we are used to and the yield that we would expect what's your view on that and then what's your view on like holiday rental properties so so buying to essentially have a holiday like or an airbnb so firstly you know i was i see lots of people struggle with rental properties when they've not got their own finances in order yeah um, ah, okay and so when we talk about survive build and grow some people come to us and they've already got a rental property but they've got lots of debt and they're not in control of the budget and they often make the decision to sell it yeah and there's this fear sometimes about oh but what if it grew and what if it made this but um what a lot of people do is actually and i did this to be fair um move out of you start a home move to the next one and keep it and rent yeah. it what i say is would you buy that as an investment? Like, would you go yeah. out and go, that property will rent for this yeah. and treat it like a PL? So, if it was a business decision, what cash can it make? What are the expenses going to be? What are the taxes going to be? And some people don't do that. Like I said, I didn't do it. And I've got, you know, like I said, a family member rents buying. So, it, I actually don't even treat it as a, as a, as a business decision. Um, but 
would you go out and buy that for yeah. a business? And if you wouldn't, then um, it could be a distraction. There are absolutely um, benefits to rental property. It's a property, it tends to go up over time, like yeah. no matter what, especially if you've got it for the long run. Um, and the, you know, you, especially with some um, models, you can buy at a certain price and the rent's really good and yeah. so it, it pays for it. But it's all business decisions So model it, like do the figures. And if you're not willing to do the figures, then you're not an, yeah. you're not an investor like you're not doing it properly people that do well treat it like a business and they you might see a property that oh i'll buy that and i rent it out well what's the rentals what yeah, are the comps yeah. you know make friends with estate agents so rental properties are great um as a concept but you have to put the work in so for example on a personal level to own one personally you get hammered on tax yeah and um, to buy through, through a corporate vehicle it's a lot better but again model it because if interest rates go up like suddenly it can wipe out the business decision yeah. and it's and it's not it's not easy to liquidate that money like to sell a property takes a long time yeah. it's not a i'll just sell my shares it's so it's definitely worth thinking about it's a business decision rather than i've heard rental properties are a good idea so i might keep it and rent it out um like you said years ago that might have been a really good like investment yeah like you always say years ago yeah it, it was great but things have come into play in the in the last few years that means that it's not as fruitful as it probably yeah. once was and there's probably easier more accessible ways mm -hmm. to like investing in the stock market is much easier i can yeah. buy a pound of shares yeah. today on your phone now rather yeah. than saving up you know what what would so a need for a rental de rent deposit on a rental nowadays you're gonna need 25 percent yeah you know it would, can someone say it's 50 grand easily yeah and would you put it in property like i said it's a safe bet and in, in britain we love property like it's like dreamer property ladder yeah and, yeah and film. Yeah. in other european countries it's not like having a mortgage no. and owning a home isn't like the be all and end all yeah, whereas yeah. here it's seen as like oh you've made it and it's like a life stage that you, yeah. that you have to go through otherwise you yeah. fail and it's like it's not necessarily the case anymore so then holiday lets it's a similar thing um they tend to be much better cash flowers because yeah. you can charge higher for a shorter period of time. Yeah. I think bigger regulation is going to come in. Laura yeah. always said, really, got so many people come to us wanting to buy a holiday home. They're like, okay, yeah. so my dream is to buy a holiday home in Portugal. And Laura's like, but things change, taste change, you find a new destination that you yeah. love. She was like, why don't you, every for four weeks in a year, get an Airbnb in a place that you absolutely yeah. love that you wouldn't be able to afford in yeah. a in the home that is like way way beyond your expectations yeah. of what you could actually afford and you'll spend a fortune doing yeah. it but well, you would have paid that in costs yeah. and interest and stuff everyone anyway. always thinks they're going to go more and I always think it's like a bit like doing people buy a yacht and they say it's like the best and worst day yeah. the, be the two best days of owning a yacht are the day that you buy it and the day that you sell <laughs> yeah. it I yeah. think a lot of holiday homeowners, holiday homeowners feel the same way yeah. they buy a property in Spain they think they're going to go to it every single weekend it's just not the case like flights can be really expensive you've got birthdays you've got events yeah. like you're real like you just can't go you don't get the value out of it what i love about you guys you're on a mission to make sure people are financially well you know that i'm hugely passionate about mental health and i know that your app is predominantly female used however you know there's so much in the media about if we you know touch on men's mental health a lot of things that we hear about suicide are related they can trace themselves all the way back to money in terms of you know men wanting to provide and and feeling they're not doing a good enough job but as any gender um you you have you make some really good points about financial wellness linked to mental health can you just touch upon that for us i think there's two things i think one like if you have poor mental health um it's really hard to manage money so whether it's like you know um erratic episodes or uh, manic episodes or just just feeling low um a lot of us are emotional spenders or emotional eaters and that you know it's really hard to manage your money if you're not great also if you're not great men with your mental health um if you are poor with money 
it's also going to impact your mental health. So yeah. it's kind of really circular. And what we saw, and no one likes to hear that you can't get rich quick, just like yeah. you can't get thin quick, and you can't get fit quick. Like no one really likes to accept it, but it is the truth. And mm-hmm. there's so much out there about get rich and wealth and it's kind of too far away for most people that it becomes overwhelming. I'm never going to be good enough. I'm never going to be wealthy. And we actually think the biggest jump is feeling financially well. So if you prioritize wellness over wealth, it's not a figure. Like wealth really is probably a figure. It's it's a financial Yeah, when I hit like 20 figure. grand of savings and yeah. I get like an 80 grand or job, a millionaire. I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah. and it's, 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 a, it's a monetary thing and, and you either hit it or you don't, it's binary. Mm-hmm. Like if you've not hit that number, you're not wealthy. Whereas actually you could feel more financially well by taking a money minute, Yeah, by doing a budget by moving money into savings. Like these little things make you feel more well and it really compounds. If you think about compounding money in numbers, you compound your financial wellness. And so we feel lots of people talk about financial well-being, but but these actionable steps genuinely make you feel more well and we're just a happier people. We're better providers as well because we don't yeah. feel pressure. Mm. We're better givers because we can give money to people and we can donate to charities. And mm. and I think um, we always thought we'd do we our sign of success would be people saying, "Oh, I've like saved this much more this year and paid this much down." But actually, a few people come to us and they've got time back. They're earning less, but they do better with their money therefore they have more time so a lady her biggest win was that she went down to four days a week so she could spend a day with her family mm. on less money yeah. but she did so much better with the she four day a week it. salary because she managed it yeah. it gave her time back and we never considered that to be like a kpi for us that people would be like oh your product works because it's given me a day back with my family and time's the most important yeah. thing to me not being richer mm. yeah. and i was like oh i didn't even think about that the that would be a thing biggest thing that people say to us is i'm shit with money mm-hmm. And if you think about negative self-talk, you know, yeah. you're really big into personal development and what you say will happen yeah. and manifestation. And to say I'm shit with money, you're probably going to be shit with money. Yeah. You, know, you said before, I'm going to be a money queen. You, the more you say that, yeah. you'll feel better and, and you will. And so negative self-talk is connected to financial well-being as well. You yeah. know, we talk about money personalities. So knowing that it's okay if you're not a numbers person, just do the high level one. It's okay if you're a money geek, but loosen up a little bit, but understanding what you are and forgiving yourself a little bit. Um, going on an overspending session, you can pull it back. Go over yeah. there and do something different. Yeah. Meal prep this week, you know, have cereal for tea a couple of times yeah. and you've suddenly like evened it out or just go, this this month I've messed up my budget. I'm human. And that's okay. There's another payday. Yeah. And, and that's all connected to financial well-being. whereas we'd be connected to a number the pressure is so high that yeah. most people go, I'm not going to do it anyway. So yeah, might as well give yeah. up. So we're, you're on a mission to make people feel financially well, improve their confidence and relationship with money. So can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yeah, so if you go in the app store and yeah. search for Financial, you'll find us there. But our home is also on Instagram, handles just at Financial. Same on TikTok. We've got um, a nice little following growing there, international users that Amazing. are enjoying our content. So yeah, find yeah, us there. Come there, ask us anything, DM us. We, it's us behind it, um, the two of us and, and Lucy. So we're, we're always here to kind of answer your questions and listen. And we know stuff about people that their husbands don't know. <laughs> we, we know if Good at they're in secrets. debt. We know if they're going to leave them. So we, we keep those secrets. We never reveal them. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, the podcast is Anything Is Possible and it's Anything Is Possible for you at any age. And I think that genuinely we need to make people understand that they can take control of their finances anytime. I know there's a lot of, I know we hop back to females, but um, I remember something when my dad had the stroke in December, my mum's biggest fear is I don't know where anything is. I don't know how I'm going to source I'm it. I'm not in control. Yeah. 
and I think that we want to encourage people that to be able to, you know, whether they're single or in a relationship, understand where all their money is and where they can find it all. So yeah. well, yeah. and if you think about, um, you might think it's too late if you're thinking about wealth. So if you're, you know, in your mid sixties and you are in lots of debt and you want to become a millionaire, you've just put the pressure, and it's not impossible, by the way, but. It, the pressure is too high. If it's a mid sixties and I want to feel better about my money, you come yeah. to us. We'll totally sort you achievable, out and you'll yeah. feel better. Yeah. Well, thank you, ladies. Excited to be on this journey with you myself personally, and I hope that this inspires a lot of other people to pick up their financial uh, management and get excited about making money. Thank you. Thank, Just a reminder that the best way you can support the show is to subscribe, leave us a five-star rating and a little review for what you think of our show wherever you listen to your podcasts. It only takes a second and may seem like a small thing, but it helps us rank in the podcast charts, find new listeners and reach even more amazing guests. So with your review, you're actually helping to improve the Anything Is Possible show.